welcome to the Spiritual and Empowerment Living with Tia podcast, a sacred place and resource for spiritually centered women who want to go from the mundane to the magical life for overcoming fear and doubt, reconnecting with the goddess, understanding messages from spirit, and uncovering your spiritual gifts so you can finally live the life you deserve. Hello, spiritual trailblazers, and welcome to this episode. I cannot wait to introduce you to our very special guest. But before all that, I'm going to read her bio. So, all right, relax your muscles, sit back, because you're going to be in for quite the ride today. This episode, menstrual mysticism, menstrual divination, blood magic, and breaking menstrual taboos with Laura Carmody is going to be something to remember. She is a menstrual empowerment educator and elemental priestess. She is passionate about supporting people as they create deep, meaningful relationships with their body and cycles. Laura is the founder of her own womb-centric business, Priestessing the Paradigm Shift. She offers one-on-one and group trainings in the priestess arts and red tent mysteries and brings educational red tent bleeding spaces to festivals and events. She also manages fundraiser Women, Wombs, and Water, which brings sustainable menstrual hygiene management and education to under-resourced communities. You can learn more about Laura at priestingtheparadigmshift.com, and I will include that link in the bio. Laura, welcome! Thank you, Tia. Thank you so much for inviting me into your space. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, and I am glad that we have a subject matter expert here because this has been a topic I wanted to discuss for a very long time, and it is overdue for so many women to learn more about this. So your work is greatly appreciated. And so I want to dive right in because uh when it comes to blood i remember growing up it was just this thing that oh if you get a cut fix it real quick um and when i got a little bit older it's like oh you know there's the dna and the rna it's all about genetics but there isn't much talk about the significance of it in the menstrual cycle so what i would love to know is how do you define blood That's a really great question. Thank you so much. And it's interesting because menstrual blood is actually quite different than the blood Mm. that's in the rest of our body. So Mm. it's only actually about 11% blood. And the rest of it is hormones and aminos, um, stem cells, proteins, fats, all of the things that would sustain life within the uterus for the time until the placenta is developed in the, in the womb. So the menstrual blood, it's very, very different than the blood in the rest of our body. And it is our endometrium lining. So that's what I am thinking about when I talk about menstrual blood is our physiological endometrial lining that is growing and shedding with each cycle. 
Wow. I just learned something new. I mean, I know I was going to learn a lot of new stuff anyway, but I mean, wow, only 11% blood. Wow. Well, thank right. you for that. That's, it, that's You can go ahead. It's amazing. Yeah, you're so right. It's it's not something that most of us are taught. So it is a huge demystification process. <laughs> it yeah, it it really is. So what what is it about the menstrual blood that makes it sacred? I've seen a, a lot of your Instagram page talks about you know the the mysticism, the, the sacredness. Why why is it so sacred? <sighs> Wow, there's a lot of directions I could go with that question. And I think that part of the reason that sacred menstruation is so accessible and so real for so many people, so alive in the hearts and bodies of so many people is because it's very, very individualistic. So what one person's connection with their menstrual blood looks like is going to be very different than another person's connection with their blood or their understanding of blood as sacred. And that's part of the reason why I believe that sacred menstruation is such a accessible practice that really, really efficiently allows us to connect with our body and spirit is because everyone gets to decide what that looks like for them. And that's essentially what sacred menstruation is, is each individual's connection with their body is sacred. So why menstrual blood is, is so sacred, it goes back to literally the beginning of time, the beginning of humans on planet Earth. It's believed that the first ceremony that any humans ever took part in is the ceremony of bleeding. Because in fact, all people used to bleed at the same time, which is under the dark moon. So the final two or three days of the lunar cycle, where there is no moon visible in the night sky. So right before the new moon, which starts the new lunar cycle. This is the time when all people used to bleed. And we can imagine being like in these primordial times, in cave human times, how phenomenal it must have been to witness that half of the people are bleeding profusely for three to seven days out of every lunar cycle. And they noticed how they were always bleeding under the dark moon as well. So all of the womb carriers would come together and they would bleed together. And this is thought to have been the first ceremony that any humans ever took part in, was coming together in circle to bleed together and to bleed on the earth. So that's part of what makes it so sacred is these ancient, ancient roots. It connects us to that primal essence, that human nature. It's also very unifying because we all come from menstrual blood. If we don't receive our period, um, some people call it moon time. If we don't receive it, um, possibly it's because there was conception, right? There is an embryo in the womb. And what would shed as the menstrual blood instead will continue to grow and thicken as the uterine lining. And this substance will turn into the uterine milk is what this 
liquid is called that will feed the embryo inside the uterus. So it is literally that alchemy that sustains all of us in the womb. So we all come from menstrual blood. And similarly, all of that juiciness that we talked about in the blood. So it's just 11% blood and there's all of these other yummy things in it. Literally the building blocks of our human bodies, like the best possible nutrients that our body can give to us, they are giving to our uterine lining. So when we shed that as our period, when we don't conceive and instead we get our moon, all of that sustenance is still available in the blood. And so then we have the option to work with the blood by, you know, bringing it into our rituals and spiritual practices by giving our blood to the earth, by giving our blood to our plants and all of those stem cells, all of the proteins and fats, all of the really important vitamins and minerals are present in the menstrual blood. So when we feed it to the earth and to our plants, it's amazing how the plants respond to it. They grow, they really, really take off. So there is a lot that is available to us through the blood, both physically and spiritually and energetically. Um, but so that's a little bit about why it's so sacred. That's amazing. When, when you were discussing how uh, people would get together and, you know, work to honor. So, yeah, um, I, I was thinking about how uh, growing up, I was told, oh, women, uh, when they're around other women, their cycles come on at the same time. And then that was in the story, full stop. When you're explaining it, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. This isn't just some, oh, when women get together, something weird happens and their, you know, moon time happens at the same time. It's an ancient practice and this is an ancient rhythm. And when we can understand first on an individual level, how it's sacred for us, like you said, it's, it's what you make it. And that's so important to hear because it's, it's almost like I just got to take care of it and hope that it's, it's, it's okay so I can just move on with life, it, the cycle's over, get back to normalcy. So I like that you said it's, it's what you make it. So it's almost like a slowing down to acknowledge there's more going on than what you think. Because like you just said, it's, it's only 11%, okay? So there's so much more going on here. So I, I, I just, I'm loving this so much and I know that um, everyone listening is really benefiting from this. So I really appreciate how you broke that down. And, and that's why I want to eventually get to talk about your, your red tent, because I feel like that needs to be um, happening as often as possible, <laughs> even more. I know you're one person, <laughs> but um, that's, that, that was very enlightening. Enlightening. <clears throat> Thank you so much. You just touched on, yeah, a lot of really awesome points in that. And it is important. It's so important. And it's so taboo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not taught to us in schools. So yeah, we have this opportunity to remember together and to share our stories. And yeah, it's what we're doing. Absolutely. So I want to backtrack a little bit. 
how how did you get started into diving into understanding the, the menstrual mysticism? Thank you for asking that. So I started by, I was holding new moon circles for my community. And at the time they were totally open to all genders and identities. I was just having people over and we would talk about the intentions that we were setting for the new moon and have a little ritual and share some food together. And I, I made kind of a vow to myself that I really wanted to be doing this every new moon. And as I was holding these ceremonies and preparing my house to have people come over, I started to notice that every time I was cleaning and preparing for the ceremony that I would start bleeding. And I just felt intuitively that there was something deeper there and that there was something there for me to dive into. So I went to Google. (laughs) (laughs) It's an amazing tool. (laughs) And yeah, I found that, yes, many people bleed under the dark moon and the new moon. And that in fact, all people used to bleed together at this time. And that was the first little insight that kind of sent me down the rabbit hole of the blood mysteries and sacred menstruation. And it was the type of uncovering that the further that I went, the more I was drawn into it and the deeper I wanted to go because everything resonated to the core of my being. Like I could feel my ancestral memories being awakened, the more that I connected with my blood. I could feel my past life memories being awakened, the more that I connected with my blood. I could literally feel my DNA changing and my connection with my body changing, my connection with the sisters around me, just having so much deeper compassion and understanding for what we move through It's so downplayed in our modern culture, but actually the feminine hormonal cycle, it's very intricate and it's very profound what our bodies are capable of. So the more I learned about it, the the more I wanted to learn and the more I wanted to immerse myself into it. And, And so I did, I did just that. And I received some training from Aurora, Aurora Fetera, who used to have a website called ourredtent.com and um, started holding my own circles, started bringing red tent spaces to festivals and gatherings, and then eventually moved out to the West Coast and started studying the priestess arts at the Goddess Temple of Ashland and holding the red tent there. And yeah, so that's a little bit about my journey and what, what has brought me to this moment. That is so beautiful. And I love the order of operation that happened because sometimes people think that spiritual people, you know, us who are just diving into our spirituality go looking for certain things and they try to back it up and say, oh, well, you know, if if you're looking for something hard enough, you're going to find it. You said, hey, look, I, I was holding these circles and I noticed that I was bleeding when I was cleaning and doing these things and it's, it was a pattern. 
So let me go Google it, type in, you know, some keywords, see what happens. And boom, it's, it was, it's already there. And the past lives start coming back. And that's so beautiful. And I, and I just love it when it happens. And I'm not saying we can't go looking for things. But what I'm saying is I like it when it's just a natural thing. And we notice certain patterns, start to dive into that, unlock a lot of things, learn more things, and then share that knowledge. And someone else can go on their own journey. That's so beautiful. Yes. And I love what you said, Tia, about noticing the patterns, because that's actually a huge part of menstrual mysticism is noticing our body and our emotions and how we relate with others, our creativity, our sexuality, noticing those changes, noticing those patterns. That is what helps us to start to uncover how we feel during our menstrual cycle, how we feel during each of the different four phases of the feminine hormonal cycle. It's really a practice of noticing and starting to uncover those patterns that are present. Mm-hmm. So when, when, um, when people come to you to understand um, the, the sacredness of uh, their menstrual uh, cycles and everything under that umbrella what what are some or what's the question or some questions you would like for them to ask you to help them better understand that journey I receive a lot of questions around the timing of the menstrual cycle as it correlates to the lunar cycle Mm. So not everyone bleeds with the dark moon, of course. We all bleed in different times of our cycle or in different times of the lunar cycle. Some of us bleed with the dark moon, yes. Some of us bleed with the full moon or anywhere in between and wherever we bleed is perfect. So I receive a lot of questions around that or I shifted from the new moon to the full moon. What does that mean? Or I skipped a cycle. Um, What does that mean? So... I receive a lot of questions around these types of things and it's excellent because the inquiry is what allows us to go within and start to do some of the self inventory. But typically when I receive those questions, I do reflect it back to the individual and ask them some questions about what's going on in their life. Because again, it's an individual practice no one else can divinate your menstrual cycle for you. Only you mm-hmm. can divinate the wisdom that is coming through your cycle. So when I receive those questions, it's definitely a good sign that this person is interested. This person is tuning in. They want to go deeper and understand what their body is speaking to them. And also that's an opportunity for me to encourage their self-reflection um, and to offer them the opportunity to unveil those insights through their own experience. Mm. Yes, I can definitely see that. Because uh, it's easy to think, oh, no, and then come on during the new moon. Oh, my God, what does this mean? And then it's, you know, chaos, <laughs> trying to understand what's going on. Um, so what are some of the... the uh, 
the the taboos or or just things that you have to uh, demystify, like, like the common ones. But what are some of the common concerns that you had to debunk with people? I know you touched a little bit on the does it come on a full moon or the new moon, but is there another thing that you have to constantly debunk when new newcomers come to you? Yes. Oh my gosh. All the time. Just menstruation in general, I think is one of the biggest taboos in our culture. <laughs> so absolutely all aspects of it. Um, I think that one of the biggest taboos that most of us carry to some degree is that our menstrual blood is dirty and that mm. it is ex- it's excrement, right? That our body is shedding it because it is unhealthy, essentially. Um, and, and that's completely inaccurate. Like we talked about, it's actually full of the most life-sustaining essence that our body can, can create for us. So there's a lot of thoughts around the blood being toxic or being dirty. Um, shame, so much shame. Shame is a huge taboo in the menstrual connect collective. Feeling shame for bleeding, feeling shame for wanting to take time and space away from the family or away from your partner or away from your job to really nurture yourself during the menstrual time. Shame for going through our emotional ebbs and flows that are completely natural. So shame is a really, really, really big one. And yeah, just in general, the idea that periods have to be painful that's something that's culturally inherited. That's something that many of us are taught by our mothers or by our aunties or by, uh, you know, pop culture and media in general, that periods are painful and that cramps are part of it. And that doesn't have to be true, actually. If we are having extreme pain every single cycle, that's a signal that our body is not getting something. Maybe it's not getting something that it needs, or maybe it's getting too much of something that it doesn't need, but that's our body speaking to us that something is out of balance. I am so glad you said that. Um, I, I read, I forget which, which book it was, but I read a long time ago that we are not supposed to have pain with our menstrual cycles. That's, it's not a yeah. thing. And I, I, and when I first began unraveling, so I used to have, well, I still do, but as a kid, I didn't know what they were called. I had premonition dreams and visions and I knew things, but I didn't know the name of any of that. Mm-hmm. So when I got older, I started learning more about it and I used to get so irate because the campaign against watering down the woman, the campaign against trying to tell her that she's not powerful and menstrual cycles are, you know, just like you said, this dirty, shameful thing. It, it really ticked me off. And uh, I'm so glad that you brought up those points and the shame. Yes. I was just talking about this with uh, another uh, woman the other day. This guy was complaining about something. He had to, he had to take medicine and he's like, Oh, well, I don't know about it. I'm like, excuse me, women bleed for, five days, X amount of days, and we still go to work, okay? I'm pretty sure you can handle taking medicine at work. You can bring it with you, 
works have refrigerators there and stuff like 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 please stop you know and <laughs> i'm going off a little bit on the side track here yeah. but i just want to r- reel this in because there is a lot of stigma behind that and a lot of shame of women feel like i don't want to take off of work because xyz and i used to feel like that at one time i was like i don't want to say you know my menstrual cycle's not the same i'm just sick and you know eh. you know but i'm not sick mm-hmm. i'm just <laughs> in my menstrual cycles and i should be able to say hey um or maybe you know maybe it's a personal thing like you said is individual uh you know per the person and it could be sacred to someone who doesn't want to announce that it's just their time to go within but i shouldn't have to feel oh let me just write down you know sick you know, and, and that's adding on to something like the stigma being dirty and it's not true. So I'm so glad that you brought this up because I know this is going to ring true for a lot of women and they're going to be able to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to look at this differently and I'm going to speak differently about it. And I'm sure if they were having cramps and other pains, it's going to start to eventually go away. Yes. And I love what you said about, you know, if we're working we should have the opportunity to not go into work if we want because we're cycling, because we're bleeding or because we're premenstrual and that's valid. You know, we need our space. We need our container. It's really important to slow down. And also that's an individual choice. What slowing down looks like for one person is different than another. So it doesn't mean that to connect with your menstrual cycle, you need to call off work for three days, but maybe at some point, one person does need that. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. We all need different things. And there's so many different ways that we can honor our bodies and honor our cycles to make it authentic for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you touched on, you talked a little bit about menstrual divination what what exactly is that what does that entail yes so menstrual divination is the practice of approaching your menstrual cycle and approaching your blood as a divinatory tool and what we mean by that is that it's a tool that can give us deeper insight into some aspect of our life or some aspect of our being So in the same way that we use a deck of tarot cards or a pendulum or a scrying bowl to receive deeper insight or to receive a different perspective into a situation, we can also work with our blood and our cycle in this way. So every single symptom is a sign. It's a signal Mm -hmm. from our body. Every aspect of our cycle, premenstrually and menstrually, and actually through the whole feminine hormonal cycle, including the follicular and ovulatory phases, we have a myriad of signals that may arise. So yeah, maybe we feel breast tenderness or cramps or fatigue, but also how about our emotional ebbs and flows? How about the way we feel like interacting with our family or our coworkers? How about our sexuality and our libido? There are so many different aspects of our lives that are informed by our hormonal balance. So when we approach our cycle as a divinatory tool, 
we are paying very close attention to all of these signs. And again, we're, we're tracking the patterns and we're starting to understand how we feel physically, how we feel emotionally, how we feel spiritually through all of these phases of our cycle. And then we are asking our body and our blood, okay, what is the deeper wisdom here? And we're asking it holistically as well. So when it comes to menstrual divination, it always has to be holistic. If there is a symptom that has arised, it is not caused by just one thing. It is always the intersection of multiple things that is showing itself through this symptom. So for example, cramps. Sure, maybe you ate too much dairy during your premenstrual week and you might feel cramps because of the excess estrogen that's now in your body. And also, there's an emotional aspect to that as well. So when we are looking at these, these symptoms that arise, we're looking at, okay, how is this playing into my life physically? Where is it showing up emotionally? What's going on here spiritually? What's going on here mentally? So the divinatory approach to it is a holistic approach with the aim of integrating all aspects of our menstrual cycle into our greater life to be more fully embodied. So it's really a practice of being more fully embodied in both our humanity and our divinity. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And while you were talking, I, I was just thinking about my last couple of menstrual cycles so the last couple, so with the in the last two, the the previous ones, I was sleeping most of the time. Like, I'm so glad that it happened towards the weekend. I mean, I was just in bed sleeping most of the time. And then the last couple of ones, I was just so hot. Like, I had to have the air conditioner on and the fan. It was just, like, hot. I had to go get some water ice. <laughs> I was just so hot. And then I would calm down and I'd get hot again. Like, this is crazy. So, yeah, I think... Um, what it sounds like is that maybe we can even have a menstrual journal, you know, and, and start to document these things. And like you said, have the categories of, you know, how we're feeling, our libido, all that. Absolutely. I highly recommend it. Tracking your cycle daily is a really essential tool for starting to understand how you feel. There are some there are some patterns that generally are present for many people. Like you may feel more energized during your ovulatory phase and you may feel more tired during your menstrual phase, but also there's so many individual nuances to it that that's why tracking and having the journal, like you said, it's, it's really essential. Awesome. And uh, almost almost wrapping up here, I saw this video and it was a parody, but I think um, I think it might be kind of cool for it to pick up and maybe it has picked up. I saw that the video was about um, a, a period party where it was a celebrate where the girl, um, she had her friends already had their, their periods, their menstrual cycles going on. And she didn't get hers yet. So what she did was she ended up taking red then you know polish and put it on on a um a uh, sanitary pad and she told her mom like oh my gosh my period's on and her mom says since when are periods red glitter you know like she knew that she was faking but anyway she got her the cake and all this other stuff and they just really celebrated that 
So how do you feel about getting a couple of young girls together, you know, celebrating it in, in, in that nice little, little sacred coven like? <laughs> I think that it's so beautiful and so important. And I have been super blessed to be able to attend a couple menarche ceremonies in my life, a couple coming of age ceremonies when people first receive their blood and have been able to witness the, the confidence that that can instill in these young girls, the excitement and curiosity that that can really encourage as well. I think that it's an essential part of starting to break down the taboos that we spoke about when it comes to menstruating, because if there is that education and also the honoring of the major life passage that they're stepping into, then these young people know not only is this normal, but it's very, very important. It's a sign of my health and vitality, and it's also something I can connect with deeply. So I think that it's so, so beautiful and so important to have those spaces. And in fact, again, it used to be just a huge part of the way we lived as humans, initiatory rites and these rites of passage and honoring those times. Most of those initiations are absent from our modern world. So bringing them back in, in a way that feels good for the children, I think that that's really beautiful and yeah, really, really important during these times. Yeah, very cool. So you have a um, an online course that is actually called uh, Menstrual Mysticism. That's actually why I pulled the, the title. And so is, is there anything you would like to tell um, the listeners or talk about your course? Any, um, any other things you want to... Uh, raise awareness of or promote? Yeah, thank you so much. So Menstrual Mysticism is a three-week series, and we talk all about this, all of the aspects of sacred menstruation, and both these ancient spiritual teachings, but also the modern science of what's happening physiologically in our bodies. So then we can explore how do we merge together these ancient teachings with the modern science that we have access to, because we do live in a modern world. And how can we integrate these to just be more fully embodied in these beautiful feminine vessels that we've been given in this life? So it's a really, really fun, intimate group container. And I'm actually in the middle of a series right now, but I'll be launching more in the future. And I also offer one-on-one -on -one red tent priestess trainings. So initiations into holding these circles yourself, into holding red tent spaces yourself, and yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. So check out my site. It's priestessingtheparadigmshift.com. Beautiful. Oh, I wish I met you in grade school. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, I, I was saying uh, to a friend, uh, one of my life goals, and I don't know how I'm going to do this, but um, side note, so Mr. Rogers was one of my heroes. I wrote my uh, thesis on him in AP Lit, and so he had this, it's just this infamous video, and anyone can Google it. Google Mr. Rogers talks to the Senate, the Congress, whatever, and he's explaining the importance of education. 
public education and he's fighting for the right to get the, the extra funding to do this, you know? So one of the things I want to do is to convince <laughs> the, re the reform of education where this is incorporated, you know, where instead of just say, okay, yeah, it's just take care of it and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, actually break it down and understand it. And I know everyone goes to all different schools. I get it. Um, but it's something that needs to be taught and it's not going to go away. It's not something that people can just try to look sideways. Like, okay, yeah, you know, I, I feel like this is in the realm of sex education. And, and I see on the news sometimes how mm -hmm. some parents are like, no, we don't want our kids to learn anything. Your kids are still going to do it. They just won't know the name. They won't know the nomenclature. So you might as well get them educated yeah. so they can understand it as opposed to going out there in the world, you know, with, you know, twiddling their thumbs and, you know, so I'm just so glad that you did this. And um, I know people will be sharing this episode and, and, and this is definitely um, great work uh, for many uh, people to really unlock more about themselves. So thank you so much for coming here and sharing your expertise and, giving us the science behind it, as well as the mysticism, mysticism behind it. Behind it. <clears throat> oh, thank you so much, Tia. Thank you for inviting me to be in this conversation with you. And I am so excited about that vision that you just shared. And please let me know if there's anything I can do to support that. Yes, yes. I will definitely be keeping in touch with you. Yay. So thank you so much. Absolutely. So thank you so much, everyone. As always, I am rooting for you. I am sending you many blessings and be kind to yourself. Okay. Until next time, Spiritual Trailblazer. As always, Spiritual Trailblazer, thank you for tuning in. Do make sure to stop by and visit me at tiamariejohnson.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Last but not least, be kind to yourself. I'm rooting for you and I'm sending you so many blessings. Until next time.